0: Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. To uh, change things up, I wanted to go hands-free. So this is really nice. I've been preaching with a handheld for, for a while now, so um, I'm happy. You know, there's a, there's a ministry of laying on of hands, you know. So um, watch this space from, from from front row folk. Amen. <laughs> it's good to be in the house. How many know the healer is in the house today? You know that old song you know the healer is in the the healer is in the house today I can't say that. clearly I I'm not able to remember the lyrics or the tune but he's in the house amen Uh, The healer is in the house. It's wonderful being in the house with you. Um, In fact, we're not going to do the offering uh, right now. I I, I sense we need to do at the end of the service. Uh, But would you pray with me? Uh, Pray with me as we pray that every heart in this place would be enlarged with the capacity to receive what needs to be received this morning. Amen. And why don't we all stand up on our feet? Uh, if you will, this morning. Come on, let's do that. Father, we thank you. Lift up your voices, lift up your hands, perhaps. More importantly, lift up your hearts. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord, for this appointed time. Oh, as it was prayed out earlier, Lord, thank you. Fruit. Oh, the finest fruit producing season is here because root issues getting dealt with. Amen. Oh, Father, thank you. As the light is turned on, the cockroaches run, the rats run, sickness flees, depression leaves, oppression leaves, obsession leaves, regression, people regressing, withdrawing from, from, from the potter's house. Oh, in the name of Jesus, it's all changing. In the name of Jesus. And Father, we ask you and we trust you for your ministry to be rich in this house today. Holy Ghost, minister to your people. We pray. Speak words of life, that breathe life into marriages and, and families and, and minds and body parts and their children and, and Lord, their wayward children, perhaps. Father, I thank you for your life-giving spirit. Thank you, Lord, for pouring your spirit on the inside of us. Oh, the first Adam was a living being, but the last Adam, Jesus, the righteous, Jesus, the Christ, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the Son of God, amen, is a life-giving spirit, and he's here to breathe life in every situation, every dead situation. He is the resurrection and the life. And so, Father, we thank you for elevation. We thank you for for quickening in this place. In the name of Jesus, we pray it. And everybody said, Amen. amen, amen, amen. Just stay on your feet for a moment. Oh Marasvianabata and Bandon Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know what God is big on is songs. Songs. Hymns. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs is something that God is big on. You know, um, I remember when the Lord spoke to me, he said every believer ought to have a song at every every season of their life in their heart. Because there are songs for seasons. And uh, there, are, there are songs to work with that have come out of heaven into hearts of individual. And then given and you know, delivered to the body of Christ to use. And then there's songs that, that come, uh, come from your heart that you give to Him. It's out of your heart. Amen. There is psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. He say, you, you make melody in your heart to the Lord. I wonder what melodies are in our heart right now. I wonder what songs are right here that perhaps are being locked up but needs an expression. You know, what God puts in your heart needs an expression in order for it to, in order for the power of it. Uh, to to be realized, what songs are in your heart? I just I hear the Holy Spirit asking you, what songs are in here, Father? You know, uh, I realize, Lord, you put things on our hearts, and it's out of the abundance of a heart the mouth gives expression. And you said, out of the heart, oh glory to God, those who have turned to you, those who believe in you, out of the heart will flow rivers of living water. My little girl Avia, she she. She turned to me and she said, Dad, what's that scripture? What's the scripture that talks about, you know, um, water, like lots of water <laughs> coming out of your heart? That's how she said it. I said, I, I said, well, John 7, seven thirty-eight. And she said, well, I was in the shower and there was like a deluge. And, you know, she didn't use that word, but she said the, the shower was coming on me. And I just felt like, um, you know... That which is coming on us, um, it's like it's to uh, like lo- all the water that comes on us needs to like come out of us and flow out. What's that? What's that scripture, Dad? And so she checked it out. She's doing her own study, you know, checking that out. Um, but God has power to shower. I said, God has the power to shower. But what comes upon you? And in you is to flow from you and out of you. Amen. And it can come out uh, as a song. It can come out as words of encouragement. Amen. But it, but it needs to flow out. I said it needs to flow out. Whoo, glory to God. You know, in, ter- in places like this, you know, we're so gifted, so graced. God must love us um, because we have uh, amazing musicians and skilled uh, singers and worship leaders, and just some tremendous people. Who would agree? There's some tremendous people. But you know, that doesn't replace all the skill and all the ability. That doesn't replace the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Whoo, man. And and he has tailor-made, he, he knows how to minister in a tailor-way, tailor-made fashion to every person in the room. It amazes me when... when um, when preaching and teaching turns into prophetic ministry, where someone preaches and teaches with a spirit of prophecy, and it's like, wow, like I'm hearing what I've just been discussing with my wife on the way to church, or a man, you just, you know, the worldly phrase people use is, it's like my mail is being read. And it's like, wow, amazing how God can speak so such specific things to individuals through, Through one message to the corporate. But it's like he's speaking to us individually. It's amazing. Because there's no one like the Father. There's no one like Jehovah. Come on. That's another song, isn't it? There's no one like Jehovah. There's no one like our God. Amen. Now he made you like him. You understand. Amen. And that's why he can flow through you. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, for for expressions of of your spirit, expressions from, from your heart put into our heart for us to give expression to. And, Lord, I thank you that even this week as we will hear so much from you and we will sit at your feet long enough to hear from you, that, Lord, you'll put a deposit in our spirit that is not just for us, but it's to bless other people. And I pray that we would be a blessing to other people. Amen. Maybe songs, new songs coming out and we contend for that. New songs, new songs of deliverance, amen, being sang over neighborhoods and cities and nations and situations and words, words from you, words from you as we wake up, words from you to us to be spoken through us to him who is weary so that strength may be imparted. So that healing may come to bodies and lives. We ask it in the name of Jesus. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. This is, our, this is our prayer. And we trust you. And we rejoice like it's already happened. Amen. <laughs> and we're expecting, and our expectation will not be cut off. Whew, glory. Let it, be a, uh, let it be a week of ministering to other people. Lord, help us take our eyes off, our, off of us and on, on what you want to do for other people. And we'll be used mightily. And we will not be disappointed in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Woo, amen and amen. You may go ahead and take your seat. Say hello to two people before you do. High five them. Turn around. Make sure you're happy with your surroundings. If you're not happy with your surroundings, you can move seats. It won't bother me one bit. It may bother the person you sat next to. You might offend them, but no. We've lost the right to be offended. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, we're, we're on, a, on a, um, uh, a topic, if you will, on, on prayer. Uh, talking about talking about prayer Um, and uh, you know this is what the early church did and this is vitally important you know for things to avail there can be no availing much without much prayer you know I've said it before you know uh, no prayer no power little prayer little power and much prayer much power because prayer produces and, and makes power available amen prayer makes power available and, and there is a need for us to to walk in power and walk in strength, amen, because there 's so much that is vying for our attention and when when the enemy you know distracts us, you know he, he seduces us out of the place of strength to feed on stuff that weaken all the stuff that he 's trying to distract us from is. Design, uh, all the stuff that the enemy is distracting us to uh, put our gaze on and focus on is designed to to weaken us. Um, and so it's really important that we, we learn how to surrender. Amen. You know, whatever you... What, uh, wherever there is surrender spiritually, there is going to be victory naturally. Because God's Spirit when you work with his spirit, it affects change in the natural. Amen. And pray, I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's necessary, it's needful. We've got to be praying for one another. Amen. And I so appreciate, we so appreciate your prayers for this church. Um, not much would happen without prayer. Amen. And so we've got to, we've got to be watchful. Turn your Bibles real fast to Matthew 26, 26 verse 41. Let's read this. Um, oh, glory to God. Thank you, Father. Matthew 26, verses 41, they can put it on the screen. I haven't put it down in my notes um, here, um, but, but but God's good, amen. He's, he's going to help us this morning. Um, thank you, Lord, Matthew. Matthew's gospel, 40, 20, 26, 41, if you can do it quick, that would be awesome. Uh, Matthew 26, 41, anytime now. That's great. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is what? Willing. But the flesh is what? Is weak. What is the spirit willing to do? It's willing to pray. Your flesh is not always willing. But your spirit is willing to pray. pray. Right in here, your spirit's like, Whoo, can we pray now? Can we pray? Can we can we can we get can we submit this to, to the Lord? Can we commit this to the Lord? And your, your flesh is like, Man, I just don't want it, you know, it's just weak. But uh, but it is strengthened by the spirit. It is amazing if we just start praying for a few minutes. If you feel weak physically right now, if you gauge your spirit and start praying. There is, a, there is a strength that comes from the Lord to your inner man. And then that, coming on, translates to your outer man. And there is change. Because you surrender. And wherever there is surrender uh, uh, spiritually, there is going to be victory naturally. Hallelujah. So prayer. Prayer is important. Amen. And we've got to be, he said, watchful. Because the wisdom of this world... Is both sensual and demonic, and feelings are a part of that. And this is why, you know, if people say, you know, I, I just, you know, I need to, I need to feel God to know He's there. Mm. If you have to feel God to know He is with you, what happens when you don't feel Him when you leave an corporate environment like this? Then, then you'll think He's left you. You'll be deceived thinking that he's left you oh could you pray that i i i can feel that i feel him absolutely not no no you may feel him amen anyone ever felt the presence of god i mean like goosebumps and stuff you know it, Tangibility, the tangibility of the presence of God, man, it's, 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 it's nice when it happens. Amen. It's good. But you don't have to feel him to know he's there. Thank God, you know, Jesus felt power go out of him when the woman with the issue of blood, she, you know, pressed through the crowd. For she said, if I touch hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And she, she felt virtue, power surge into her. Jesus felt it too. Jesus so much felt it. He turned around and said, who touched me? You know, what do you mean? Everyone's touching you. No, 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 who, who deliberately touched, who, who reached out with the deliberate touch of faith to draw from me, and he felt it. Now, there's, there's feelings, but you don't always have to feel it. We don't have to feel it to know God's with us. We don't have to feel nothing. I only mean, know that's just liberating. Amen. Well, I just don't feel that this is the will of God. Who asked you, body? Who, who asked you? Well, I just don't think. Hey, thinker, who I even asked you for your opinion? Well, I can choose to believe what I want to believe. No, I've lost that right the moment I made Jesus the Lord of my life. Amen. So my opinion really doesn't matter at all. Thank you for that one. That's right. Amen. And do you know what? Your opinion doesn't even matter. Do you know whose opinion we need to latch on to? It's God's opinion. What is God thinking about it? Do you know it's in our place of prayer that God really begins speaking to us about these things? Feelings. You know what um, excitement does? And this is why I love our pastors, pastors Paul and Karen Brady, when, when I start speaking to them about certain things, and I just like how the Holy Ghost moves through him, and you know, I get excited about something, and, and he starts... He starts drilling it, you know. Uh, and I like that because, because excitement clouds judgment. If you're, like, super excited about something, it can cloud. You feel it. Like, I'm so excited about this, you know. And, but it clouds judgment. So you bring somebody in who's a Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled, faith-filled, Holy Ghost, Book of Acts, uh, friend of yours, amen, anyone got one of those, amen, amen, we got a whole bunch right here in this room, you, you invite them in, someone who's, who's not as excited about it as you, because excitement clouds judgment, and so bring somebody in who's not a, as excited about that thing that you're talking about as you, because they'll see something that you're perhaps not seeing, do you understand what I'm saying? And prayer really helps us become sensitive to what the Spirit of, Spirit of God wants, wants to do and say. Amen. And so turn your Bibles really fast to, to John's, uh, John's Gospel. John chapter 15, uh, verses, verses 7. Praise God. Oh, prayer. Who engages in prayer on a, on a daily? Amen. You know, prayer lets you withdraw funds from the spiritual realm and bring it into the natural realm amen faith-filled prayers do that because faith is the currency of heaven that that god has given each each believer the spirit of faith to reach into the unseen spiritual realm and take what is being prearranged in that realm and and bring it into the right here and now and prayer, prayer is the vehicle hallelujah and so here um in John's Gospel, John fifteen verses seventeen, it says uh, seven. It says, "But if you live, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, then you will ask what you desire, and you uh, and and it shall be done for you." This week's uh, devotion, week twenty seven, is all about abide, ask big, abide, ask big, and step out. Week twenty seven, abide, ask big, and step out. And he said, "If if you." If you abide, if you live in me, my, let my words uh, abide in you, live in you. you you're going to ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. And there's a word that we're going to annihilate at the end of the service. So, so hold, hold your seat. Amen. And I believe the Spirit of God is, is going to help us. Abide. Live in Him. Do you know what your number one spiritual need is? Yeah, God is your number one spiritual need. In creation, when he created the fish, he spoke to the water to bring forth fish. When he created the birds, he spoke to the sky to bring forth, amen, the birds. When he created the cattle, he spoke to the ground to bring forth the cattle. You know, when he created you, he spoke to himself. And he said, let us, out of us, let let us make man in uh, in our image. And so, each creation became dependent to the thing or person it came out from. So you take the fish out of water, guess what happens to the fish? It does. You take, you take God's final creation, which is you and me, out of, out of the abiding place. Abide in me, he says. Then guess what? Like a fish out of water, guess what happens to you? You can't function. You, you, so, so this abiding element is, is, is so, so, so vitally important. And he said, verse 7, you will ask what you desire. This is the second point. Of the devotion, abide, ask, ask. It was, um, you know, Yet yeah, you have to have a z- desire. God God, God wants uh, you to desire, and it's a holy thing. What is it? Uh, Psalm, Psalms um, 37 verse 4, he gives you the desires of your heart. What desires have you got in your heart that God wants to give? Oh, glory to God. Someone says, nothing's impossible with my God. nothing's impossible, I want there to be just a stirring of faith in this place because I'm telling you um, we're a different bunch of people, we believe God we abide in Him, we believe in Him, that's why we ask the Father in the name of Jesus and He gives your overwhelming enthusiasm this Sunday morning come on, halfway through the year, man it's just awesome, amen, come on I'm excited, He said whatever you ask Whatever you desire, what desires do you have? If you're abiding in Him, living in Him, letting him, His words abide in you, come on, there is going to be some pure desires that are going to come out of you. There's going, to be, there's going to be prayers that are not going to be amiss if you're living in Him. Having your being in Him. You'll find yourself, you can be confident about, you know, if you know you are surrendered then the things that are like, man, this is on my heart, and I'm living all for God. Man, I've, I'm desiring this, and I'm desiring that. Or ask the Father in the name of Jesus, and you'll receive it. And that, that, I'm telling you, do you know what makes you strong with your convictions? Is your strong abiding. you know what makes you strong in your, your convictions to ask God for the desires that are on your heart? Is... How well you're abiding and living with Him. Yeah. Daniel eleven thirty two. You know, what does it say? Those who know their God. Those who have a great relationship with the Lord. They shall be strong. They will have strong expectations. They'll have strong convictions. They will be strong and they'll be able to do. What great exploits. Supernatural happenings through you. Oh, man. Is this too simple this morning? Come on, you feel the stirrings in your heart. Amen. Abide. Abide. Your life depends upon it. Abide. Because your life depends upon it. Abide like your life depends upon it because it does. And ask. Ask. The obvious. Well, it's obvious. He, he knows what I desire. The obvious does not obligate God to move. The obvious does. Hey, uh. Jesus said to the disciples, hey, look, there's a blind guy, blind Bartimaeus, and you know, you're not going to heal him. The obvious does not obligate me to heal, to, to heal him. Mark chapter 10, 51. What is it that you want, blind man? Well, isn't it obvious? No, no, no. But you've got to ask. The obvious does not obligate God to move. Remember in, um, well, it's in Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 6, verses 30, 38. Jesus, one translation says, saw his disciples straining and he was going to walk straight past them. Why? Because the obvious does not obligate God to move. Somebody is going to operate in faith and someone's got to call out to him and ask for help, humble themselves and say, God, I need help. I need some help. You would think if he sees you, sees, saw them uh, straining because the waves were so big and the, the wind and everything else, he would just, by default, go, go in and help. But, but the obvious does not obligate him to move. Check out the scriptures I've just given you. Amen. Because he will never force his help, his anointing, his power on you. So you've got to be What's the word, Ian, I'm looking for? Um, gutsy. You, you, you've got to have a backbone, not just a wishbone. You know what I mean? You, you know, well, I just wish things will change. You've got to have a backbone to step out and be gutsy enough and say, I want an adventure. You know what your flesh wants? Comfort. Do you know what your spirit's crying out for? An adventure. Like the s- song that we we. S- s- Sang, you know, uh, your spirit is wanting him to call you out on the water. So you have to trust him. That's, that's called the spirit of faith in operation. Amen. And then the last point of this three-point sermon. Can you imagine? I came with a three-point sermon this morning. Can you imagine? Three-point sermon. Must have something to do with this microphone. I don't know. And this hands-free business. I'm really not that funny, Niall, you know. (laughs) He's still laughing. I don't know why. (laughs) Third point, step out. You abide, you ask, and you step, you step out. Turn to Hebrews, please. Glory to God. Hebrews 11. Thank you, Father. This is really what I really feel the Spirit of God is going to have us majoring on for, for the rest of this morning. Hebrews 11, verses 8. It says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out. Amen. He was called to go out to the place which he would receive an inheritance. Amen. And guess what he did? He stepped out. He went out, not necessarily knowing all the detail, not knowing where he was going, but he stepped out anyhow. Look at verses ten. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker—come on out—is God. One translation puts it this way: whose architect and builder is God. I've worked with both. You know, we—I used to—you know—I used used to be a project manager. You know. I did structural engineering and then, you know, uh, building surveying. And we would project manage just very simple, you know, portal frame buildings. So there wasn't much that the architects had to do. But sometimes we brought them in. The architects do something. What do they do? They, they design. And, and then, but the builder, what, what do they do? They take that and, and they build. And you know, what? God is both. He, he's the designer and he's the builder. And the scripture says this, that Abraham, come on now, woo, Abraham man! He had a foundation. He had a foundation. Like we said on Friday night, uh, Friday Fire, uh, the word, the logos, where we get the English word logo, is our foundation, the, the written word. It's it's our foundation. It's it's what we build upon. But the Rhema, which is the spoken word of God, Amen, is what shapes our life on top of that foundation. Amen. And so God is the builder and he gives us the word to build upon the foundation. He's the designer and the builder. And the Bible says Abraham went out searching for God's design and waiting upon the Lord for him to build. Who? come on now. He didn't know what was going to happen, but he was going to get the designs from the architect. Who else? Come on now. You're submitting your blueprints and, and, and getting blue. He can give you blueprints. I mean, precise blueprints. I was going to bring a piece of paper. Uh, you know, it would have been good if I did, Joel, but you forgot. Anyhow, I'll get sharper next time. But in a Holy Ghost meeting, September 2018, um, a minister, he, he prayed over me in London, Rodney Howard Brown. And in that meeting, I went down under the power of the Holy Spirit, and in an instant, the Spirit of God started speaking to me from the parable of the talent. The parable of the talent. But first, before He rehearsed in my heart that parable, I heard these two, two words you're being wicked and you're being lazy. How many of you know that's pretty serious stuff? That's pretty serious. I searched my heart for man, I'm not, I'm not in sin. You know, I don't, I don't think I am. Wickedness and laziness. Fought, and then instantly, I, I, the, the parable of the talent came to my spirit. There was three guys who said, this is, this is, this is how my king, the kingdom of God works. This is, how, this is the kingdom of God right here. Let me, let me share. Three guys. One was given one talent. One was given two. One was given five. The two-talent and five-talent guy doubled it. The one-talent guy dug a hole in the ground, hid it, and just maintained the same level. And uh, when the master came back after a long period of time, how many know he's gracious to give us time? He came back, and the the one talent guy dug, it, dug up his one talent and gave it back to the master, say, "Hey, here it is. You can have it back." The two talent guy and the five talent guy doubled it, but the the guy who just maintained same level, guy who just maintained same level, he was said, "You've been lazy and you've been wicked, slothful and wicked." The Spirit of God straight away started dealing with my heart about my personal finances. It wasn't pertaining to ministerial stuff, but my personal finances. And it showed me exactly what to do in 2019, 2020, 2021, and, and so on for seven years. And I wrote it down. And everything has come to pass up to that point. Everything. Even figures. That I wrote down. What to do with the house we were living in. He told us what to do. He told us how to double it. He told, because how many know the parable was two talent guy and five talent guy doubled. And then more was given. Um, blueprints. We have an architect and a builder. I said, we've got an architect. The architect and builder is God. I remember that probably, I don't know how long that lasted, but it was clear, one-year blueprint, two-year blueprint, three-year, showed me vividly. And it was easy for me to write down and, and execute that. The minister came up to me. I was still on the floor. He put his foot on my belly, a little bit unconventional. Still don't know why he put his foot on my belly. But he put his foot on my belly, and he said, um, in meetings like this, there's times when people get char- charged by the presence of God and get stirred up by the presence of God and get a fresh infillant. And then there's other times, like my brother here, when God gives you blueprints and downloads bl- blueprints. He had no idea what was going on. How could he? I didn't say nothing to anybody. How many know he is our architect? And he can download br- blueprints right plans but if you're so busy in your plan now we're, we're building it this way I saw it this way you saw it that way but what about God what about God I can't go into the details of my personal finances because if I put a mic on you you wouldn't either necessarily but my salary didn't increase or anything else because I'm not subject to that But when I just started to do what God had told us to do, supernatural things started taking place. Hallelujah. He is the architect. And it is his word spoken. That's the prophetic word. That shapes and forms and solidifies inside words. That's what the prophetic voice of God will do. The rhema word of God. The spoken word of God will solidify. Amen. The internal word. It comes from somebody outside, but it solidifies an inside word. And the prophetic voice of God and the rhema word of God is a weapon for you to contend with. Hear me out, I see it. Maybe because I'm a builder, you know. Um, Foundations, written word. But then on top of that, what shapes and forms your life, the building, is is the spoken word of God. The specific plans of God. Oh, glory man. If God said it, it's because God has designed my life to be, be built upon it. If God said it, he's designed your life to be built upon it. We are not building upon sand that shifts. We are building upon a solid rock that cannot be moved. And it will be said of you, and it will be said of me. I was praying for you two, Femi and Esther. I remember one time when I was with you. With my wife in our office. And certain words were quickened to my spirit. You were there on Friday night about prophetic words. So the Lord gave to Israel all the land which he had spoken to. Give to their fathers. And they took possession of it and dwelt in it. The Lord gave them rest all around. According to all that he had sworn to their fathers. And not a man of all their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. And not a word, that's right, not a word, not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. Not a word, not a word, lift up your hands, Lord, not a word, not a word, not a word fails. Not a word, not a word. Every aspect, sombra via is coming to pass. In the name of Jesus. Let it be said of you and your family too. Your house. Not a word that has been spoken to me over me. Not a not a word will fail. It's working. I said it's working. It's working. It's working. It's working. It's working. So wait on God to give you the design and wait on God to do the work. Wait on God to give you the design and know that he's, well, Well, you play your part. Ooh, come on. And the confidence will rise up. If you know I'm not doing this based on my own great ideas, this thing come out of my, my, my um, you know, uh, my own study or my own time to, to think this through, this came out of him. Turn your Bible real fast. Are you alright for a few more minutes? Galatians chapter 1. hi, Ma Sebando or We're gonna annihilate a word. One word that so many of us use, and we're gonna kill it. Well, what's that word? Hold your seat. We'll get there. Galatians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, he said, an apostle. He said, I, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man. Not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ, the God, the Father, who raised Him from the dead, and all the brethren who are are with Him. He said, He said, um, I am an apostle by the will of God. That's what He said. It's not of man. Man didn't send me. I didn't send myself. God sent me as an apostle. That's what apostle means, right? I sent one. I'm not sent by myself. God sent me. This is why, you know, you know, quite naturally, um, one could evaluate that I, I'm not, I'm not fit for the job that I do. I'm, I'm not the, you know, sharpest tool, uh, tool in the toolbox. Or I'm not the most eloquent in my speaking ability. Uh, English was like the toughest subject when I was at school. And then God gets me to speak. But thank God I didn't send myself. And I know what He said. And I know this is not of man or through man. It's not my own choosing. Because if I I had a choice, (laughs) you would be seeing me at Wimbledon. Well, maybe not at this age. You know, I'm 40. But you would have seen me in Wimbledon. And they would have been talking about you know these young uh, whippersnappers. He's playing like Joel Tor. No, he's playing. He's, play, he's playing like that, that legend, tennis player. But that was not that was not God's plan. And I'm grateful. Amen. I think many one of the one of the main reasons why churches fail, ministers fail, businesses fail, is because they never should have started in the first place. Because God never told them to start that business, that school, that ministry, whatever the case may be. God never told them. They, they, they didn't have a specific word. There was no specific. There was no basis. There was no foundation. There was, they were shaped. They were building something. Yet, yet he's like, whoa, hang on a minute. We're, you're on the building site. Uh, I'm the builder. Who, who, what, what are you doing? And you're there trying to bricklay. And, trying to, and it's going to collapse. Let the builder do the work. I said, let the builder do the work. What are you doing? Just, ju- just yield. Just say, "Hey, builder, you're doing a great job. Do you want a cup of tea? You know, you know that's that's kind to give the builders cups of tea. Amen, and a chocolate biscuit every, not not too often, but every four hours or so. Not every thirty five minutes. Don't want to distract the builder. Amen. Put up first, uh, first Timothy chapter 1 19 real fast first, first first timothy chapter 1 verses 19 oh glory to god come on, where does absolute confidence come from it, it comes from his guidance it comes from knowing that you've got you've been guide, guided confidence comes from divine guidance someone say that confidence holy confidence comes from divine guidance From the Amplified, please. From the Amplified translation. Thank you, Lord. Come on, guidance. Giving us confidence. Amen. It it, it says, holding fast to faith. That leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence. Absolute. Where does this come from? Absolute trust and confidence and having a good, clear conscience. Oh, by rejecting and thrusting from them, their conscience, some individual's. Have made shipwrecked off their faith. Do you know where absolute trust and confidence comes from? It's from being guided. Being guided from the Holy Spirit. Don't override the guidance. God's guidance is your safe guide. Don't override it. You know your spirit right here, man, one with Him. Your spirit, man, will not give opinions. It will only give knowings. It gives absolute accurate knowings, not opinions. We don't want opinions. We, we want to know the truth. And that's what you So you can trust it. You can trust your spirit. It's your safe guide. And, and when you when you get that divine you know, uh, guidance and you pick it up, there is a level of confidence. We're not talking about arrogance. Arrogance is confidence without the awareness of Jesus, without the awareness of what God said. But... Confidence, holy confidence, comes from God. Spoken, God sent me out. God said this. God said that. I'm confident because God said it, and not a word that God says can fall flat. Woo. So, so really, um, most most questions can be answered by this this question: What has God said? What has God said? What is God saying? First, John chapter five, verse nine, tells us that. You know, if you receive the witness of men, well, I think you should do this. Well, I think, I I don't, I actually, my opinion is this. I've got a witness that you've got to do this. If you receive the witness from men, the witness of God is what? Thank you for helping me teach and preach this morning. It is greater. The witness of God is, is greater. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And do you know what's so easy? It's to have leadings for other people. Because it costs you nothing. But you know what? You need to hear for yourself. Jeremiah chapter 1. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 1. Oh, I know I'm covering a bit of ground, but we'll get you out in good time this this morning. Amen. No one's rushing anyhow. What are you rushing from and what are you rushing to? What are you rushing from and what are you rushing to? I believe we're going to sing a little bit more. Amen. And worship a little bit more in a moment. Because the Lord is is, is wanting to, to deal with hearts. Amen. Not, not, notice this in, in verses, well, first chapter, verses 8. Do not be afraid of their faces. You know, there's, there's a lot of scary things, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't... Faces are something else. <laughs> you know, lions, bears, tigers, wolves. They've got nothing on faces. And... <laughs> And the Lord said to the prophet, he said, well, to Jeremiah, who was um, set apart to be a prophet, he said, don't be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you. Now, this is on the back of him saying some stuff, so if you reverse a few verses, in verses 6, he said, but but Lord, behold, I cannot, I can't speak, for, for I'm a youth, I can't do this. Hey, no, no, Jeremiah, you didn't call you. And Jeremiah didn't call himself. God called him. And whatever truth calls you to do, grace empowers you to walk it out. Whatever whatever truth calls you to do, he is the spirit of truth. Whatever the Holy Spirit calls you to do, there is grace to walk it out. We're talking about stepping out. To step out on that truth. Amen. This is why Jesus came. 1 John chapter 14. Full of grace and truth. So I'm not just giving you truth. I'm giving you grace. Because whatever truth calls you to do. My grace will empower you to get it done. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so before you step out. This is the last point of my three point sermon. You know step out. Before you. You step out. You've got to appreciate and learn something and know something about prayer, because prayer precedes your step out. Acts chapter thirteen. Am I preaching too uh, too too too, um, too slow this morning, or is this pace okay? All right. Look at this verse two. It says, "As they ministered unto the Lord and fasted, as they ministered and." To the Lord and fasted. They were praying, ministering to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Spirit said, now separate to me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work of the ministry. Before they sent them out, they prayed. Before they stepped out, they, they prayed. And having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out. It's all about being, stepping out being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Now, here's the thing. The prayers of the Antioch leaders prepared a ministry path for Barnabas and Saul. So, so without the prayers of the Antioch leaders, if... Barnabas and Saul would have stepped out. There wouldn't have been a path there. It would have been, they would have had to just cut a path. But prayer cut it for them. I'm talking about in the realm of the spirit. So much so that the path was prepared, that highway, that path was built. So much so that when they they went to the harbor to get a boat to Seleucia, guess what? There was a boat waiting ready for them. And they didn't have to wait for months, they just set sail quickly, and what did they do? They did what they were called to do, which was preach the gospel. With no delay, but there would have been a delay if there wouldn't have been prayers. Because this is what prayer does. This is the power of prayer. The power of prayer goes out ahead to smooth the way. I want you to pray for me, because doors are opening up in Eastern Europe um, in August, August. Um, uh, uh, a missionary who I've worked with a lot in India. He's an American guy who married an Indian and he's been there for, for many years. John Rowan in, in Spur of Faith Church in Nagaland. He's, it's a long story, um, but he, he's had, had hunger on his heart for a while. Uh, long story, I was in a, I'll try and do it short though, I was in a meeting in. Uh, it's about to start, you know, start the, start the story and people don't believe it's going to be short. So here's the deal. I'm going to preach over here because um, <laughs> you guys helped me. Thank you for helping me. So I was in a meeting, leadership meeting in America. The host, Mark Hankins, he called Pastor John forward. Hey, John, come share what the Spirit of God's doing in India through your ministry. So he gets up and shares for five, five minutes. All the while, I'm hearing him speak. I, something goes off on the inside of me. You're going you're gonna to go there. You're going to go there. You're going to help this guy. And so I could have. I had opportunity to meet Pastor John and say, hey, I love what you do in India. It was so inspiring. In fact, the Spirit of God spoke to me about you know me coming over and helping. And so how can I do that? No, I'm not going to open up the door myself because I don't want to be a went one. I don't want to step out, amen, without knowing that it's the Holy Ghost. So I'm getting the architect's plan, and I'm believing he's going to make it happen because he's my builder too. So I leave America not even saying hello to the guy. Not even saying hello to the guy. See, open doors are a byproduct of a developed gift. If you develop your gift, the Bible says the gift of uh, the, 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 the gift will open doors for you, will make room for you. Not you, the gift. The, gift, the developed gift, you develop your gift, and then doors will open. It's going to happen. So I tell my wife about Pastor John. And, uh, oh, so did you meet him? No, I didn't meet him. But I know this is what the Lord said. Anyway, uh, some some minister was was up there in India ministering for him. And so happened to be, you know, a friend of ours. And, you know, he, he mentioned we must have come up in conversation. So he reached out to me on Facebook. Thank God for Facebook, you know. And uh, anyway, he messaged me and he said, hey, uh, an instructor is canceled. He was due to come from America, but it just seems good to ask you, would you come over and minister? I said, sure, I'll come. My first meeting, I I land. They pick me up from the airport. I come to the ministry base. John's there waiting for me at the guest house. I say, Pastor John, you've got to tell me the story. You're from West Virginia. How, How? How does a man from West Virginia end up here in Nagaland? So he starts talking about his story. Well, in 1987, the Spirit of God led me to go to Hungary. He didn't know I'm Hungarian. He didn't know my family's from Hungary. He said, uh, well, uh, I ended up going to uh, Budapest. and I spent a few months there. Uh, the faith church hit Jelikazet. Um, and he mentioned the house where he stayed. Uh, was um, was really excited for me being there, and they wanted to know what the curriculum was. Uh, Kenneth hagan 's school, and so they were getting the download from me because they wanted to train people in the, in the church there. And then he said, um, then the Lord, after a number of months, led me south of Hungary to a small old village next to Szukerst. And he said he, he, he stayed with a family called the Kurutz family, a bunch of praying sisters who never married, but they were prayers and they prayed and, um, and uh, praised the Lord for prayer. Amen. And he used that as a base to do uh, work and preach the gospel in that region. Now, what he, what he failed to realize is the, the house that he stayed in in Budapest and the church, the faith church, that, that started in my parents' house. My parents and uh, Nehemiah Shandor and Judith, you know, they were good friends. And, you know, they got, you know, born again and spirit-filled and all of that. And, and uh, the church started in their home. And he was in that home. And then he went to the south of Hungary, right next to Shekhurst and stayed with the Kurutz family. My my dad was born in Shukurs, a Small little village. My parents know the Kurutz family. And he said he was sharing all of this. I was just listening, quite excited in my spirit. And he said, But do you know what the Lord's put it on my heart to go there? But I've lost all connections. I don't even know where to begin. It's before the day of social media and all that stuff and mobiles, and so I I just don't know where to begin, but I I would love to go back there. I said, John I have all the connections I thought I was coming here to minister, but I'm really here to help facilitate a connection for you to go to Hungary and so we did, we went to Hungary, we went to all these places, we preached uh, all over the place, we we went down to Boyan Ministered. We ministered to the south of Hungary in Budapest. We went to, um, oh gosh, northeast. Um, praise the Lord, come to me. The area up there. Ministered to uh, Mishkots Mishkultz. And we had some wild means. Wild means. Went to, to some, you know, uh, gypsy villages. And, um, we we showed up and it was like where's the church building? You know we're, we we got the address and you know where's where's the building? Oh the the building got stolen. What? Like how can you steal a building? Oh no, no it's just like a, you know steel frame and you know we just like a temporary type of like marquee but you know someone robbed the building so we're just gonna re, we're gonna build it. So just just sit here. They, they it, was, it was so comical because Pastor John is like. You know, he's, he's very polite and very proper. And so they put a chair in the middle of this field. And Pastor John just just sat there like this while they built the church around him. <laughs> and I just was like, periodically, every 20 minutes, you know, because this took a few hours. I, I looked over to Pastor John and said, like, it's going to be all right. You know. We'll have a great meeting. He's thinking, where, where are we? And so then they made a stage out of pallets. And I think in, in, Evie wasn't there, but in honor of Evie, they put a big, like, Canadian flag at the back. And John was like, I'm actually American. I said, I think, it, I think it's in honor of my wife. Just just work with it. Just work with it. And then uh, the worship started, and we were like, where's the people, you know? And, uh, and the worship just start, and then people started coming out of the houses. They heard the worship. People started coming out, bringing chairs. And, sitting down and then the place was just full of people I mean there was the, almost like the, the whole village came out there were stray dogs running around all over the place but no one cared because the power of God was there it was a village it was a poor village we went to and everyone wanted ministry everyone wanted hands laid on them and all the while during the ministry there was this big heavy set Hungarian woman she came with a with a goose in her hand with all the feathers and everything I'm sharing this because, you know, it just, it's going to make me a little bit happier than what I already am. And she starts, like, de this thing. Like, literally meters away from the preacher, from us ministering. And she's chopping it up into bits, and then they start this big fire at the back, and you can feel the heat. And you're thinking, whoa, where, like, where at? But it's all, it is the Lord. I was sent it here. It's okay. There's absolute confidence I'm in the right place at the right time. And then they throw over all kinds of stuff, in this big... Big part and and then after you know after uh, after the you know hours of ministry and worship and stuff then they suddenly go like we're halfway ministry it was just fun being we're just ministering the word and then they go okay now it's time to eat and we're like oh okay <laughs> you know and we just sat down and it was a three legged it was a three legged um, table but they brought an axe you know with, uh, and that 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 was the, the fourth leg and we just we just ate. And they carried on worshiping and praying, and and then the ministers came up to Pastor John. I loved this; it was so funny. They had this big bottle, a huge big like glass bottle, and they said um, and they said all in Hungarian, and they, they blessed Pastor John. And gave it. But it was a glass bottle, and it looked like it had water in it. And they explained what it was, and I translated, and and John, Pastor John, was horrified because he's an American. And he he's a, he, he's teetotal. He drinks no alcohol, but they were going on and on saying this is fifty percent vodka, you know. <laughs> this is pálinka, you know, fire water, Hungarian fire water, you know. And and I said, John, this is your honorarium. <laughs> and he was like, like, because this the the content of the bottle was like evil for some, you know. <laughs> some people then like, like spirits like that that's like that's terrible stuff you know don't get drunk with wine which is an excess amen but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit but we were in the right place at the right time and so he ended up giving it giving it away to somebody <laughs> he gave his entire honorarium away but um, but prayers paved the way for Barnabas and Saul so we've had you know I'm going with him to, to minister in, in Hungary and doors are opening up and then Bulgaria opened up at the same time I'm like whoa God's timing some prayers gone gone been happening how could you it's like how convenient is that I'm, I'm in Eastern Europe I'm going to Hungary anyhow and thank you Father so it's going to be happening in, in August would you pray that a ministry path would be built I said, would you pray that a ministry path would, would, would be built for us? Ooh, my, 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 Thank you, Father. I've got, to, I've, got to, I've, got to, I've got to skip a whole bunch of stuff. It says in Philippians 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And here's the word that we annihilate. "Can't" is a lie from the pit of hell. Hey, uh, uh, pa- uh, Pastor Joel, you know we're doing this conference. Would, would you come and minister on these dates? Oh, that's a Saturday, Sunday, uh, Monday. I can't. That's a lie. I can. I could. I could get a replacement preacher to come preach in our church. I could, but I choose not to. You understand know what I mean? I can't is a lie. Can't means you're powerless, you don't have any options. Can't means there's no that there's there's no there's no real way. But I can't I can't come to church because I can't get out of bed. You can't? What do you what, what do you mean you can't get well physically? I can't get out of bed, really? What if Jesus walked in the room? All things are possible for those who believe. For a specific bunch of people, all things are possible for those who believe. Not for everybody, but those who believe. What do you mean you can't? I just can't stay in this marriage any longer. Really? Can't is from the pit of hell. No, what you're saying is, I choose not to stay in this marriage. You can do all things through Christ, who strengthens you. I can't do that because I haven't got enough money. Well, what do you mean you can't? What, what if what if what if a million pounds is given to you right now? Well, that would change everything. But you just said I can't do it. But I thought all things are possible for those who believe. I could never live in a town like that. I could never live in a house like that. I could never have a job like that. Really? You can't? Why not? So focus on what you can't do. You, 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 you don't even know what you can do. Not in your own strength, but it's through Christ. Remember when, you know, helping... who, else, who Where's the parents at where you help your kids at uh, homework and stuff like that? You know, you kids, you help them. Not many of us help them. Right? Are they, what, what's the deal? You help, you help your kids. remember helping Gloriana with some of her like math stuff. And, and she was like, I just, you know, I'm frustrated. I, I can't figure it out. I, I just can't do it. I was like, girl, you've got something that mom and I never had when we were your age. And that's Google. You say you can't figure out, but you have, you can just type in the question in Google. What do you mean you can't? So focus on what you can't do, you're not exploring what you can do. You can call your friend and say, hey, what's the answer? <laughs> you can go into school early, amen, and ask your teacher, could you explain the problem a little bit because I'm, I'm struggling. with you, you can do that. What do you mean you can't? Of course you can't. All things are possible for who for those who believe. But I, but but I'm, I'm, my, my past, I, I I just can't because of what I've done. You can go to the altar and be altered. You can pray and get a holy boldness. That's what you can do. Absolute confidence and trust to obey God. That's what you can. not Don't sit frustrated thinking about what you can't do. You can. You can pray. You can pray, you can ask God, you can get his counsel, you can. And I just want to smush, can't. So if I can't preach at your church or the conference, I'm not going to say that, because I can. I could change and rearrange my schedule, and I can come and minister. But if it's not the will of God, I'm not going to say I can't. I'm going to say, I choose not, well, the Lord doesn't want me there. And so I choose to be where God wants me to be. So I will not be there. But can't is, is a, an expression of doubt. Can is an expression of faith. And I think if we start using that, I'm telling you, all things that God tells us to do, he's like, I found somebody who can. Because they say they can through me. Because that's where they're getting their strength from. You can. You can. Amen. You are well able. We can. Let's do it at once. Said Joshua and Caleb. We can. We can. Well, I, I, I can't tithe. I can't. I'm too committed to certain financial obligations. That's right. You are too committed to other financial, what do you mean? You can't resist going through the drive through and paying what you, you mean you can't, you, what do you mean you can't? You're too committed. People put, you know, you know, people spend more money through drive throughs than honoring God. Amen. You know what, where we do, we tithe as a ministry. We're more than tithe. Well, what if, you know, because that's a lot of money, you know, and, and offerings on top of that. Well, what if, what if you, what if the minister goes down and has not, uh, don't have enough money um, for for what it's called to do because we're tithing, then we go down. We go under, honouring God, but I will not say I can't honour Him. Now, you 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 will not go under honouring God. You cannot. You ready for one last scripture, Mark 5? Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Father. We refuse to do life and ministry not honoring God. I refuse to say, I can't honor God this month. I can't so that. No, I can. I can. We've done it. We've done it. We've done it recently. And this is, hear my heart. You know my heart. We've had our salary come in and we put it, you know, most of it back in so that other things can, because, so that we can tithe as a ministry. So that we have enough to, because we will be a ministry that honors God. You hear me? We're going to be a ministry that tithes and honors God. What do you mean you can't? You choose not to. What's more important? I'm not being too heavy. I'm just, this is the spirit of God just coming out of me, all right? What's more important? What are we going to put before, before our body or God? If we spend more money with our gym membership, becoming huge, it's a lot of Arnold's walking around, you know, but spiritually depleted. What's more important, the body, your body, or the body of Christ? No, you can. You choose not to and that choice well mark chapter 10 not 5 excuse me it says here in verse 29 verse 29 says oh so jesus said assuredly i say to you there is there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife, or children, or lands for my sake, and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. He said there is no one, no one, no one who has left things for the gospel, for the gospel's sake, that in this life, have received a hundred. Shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses. Shall receive houses. Brothers. In the kingdom. Sisters. In the kingdom. Spiritual mothers. Children. And lambs. With persecution. And in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last. And the last, first, most assuredly I say to you, there is no one, no one. There's, there's been no one who's been sacrificial and not been grandly rewarded. Ooh, we can. We shall. Because we're strong and free. He strengthens us to do everything we're called to do so Lord as we come before you with the tithe with the tithe and with our offerings we honor you we say we can honor you we can love you more than life (laughs) we can put you first in everything in the name of Jesus we can. You can honor the Lord. You will not be without. You will not suffer loss. Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. The son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? Where is my honor? If I am a master, where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts. To you priests who despise my name. Yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? And he went on and said, Well, you offer defiled food, blind sacrifices, lame and sickly offerings. It's a good challenge, amen. We can honor God, we can pray. We've got a spirit that honors, we can love. I said, We can love. Same love that he loved us with and forgave us of all of our sins. We can use that. We can. We can forgive and forget. No more saying, I I can't. You can. Through Christ. We can. Through Christ. Have you got something to add to this? Scott, you can. Don't say, I can't now. All right. He can, but he won't. (laughs) We're messing are good friends. Please. You are invited.
1: So, a few weeks ago, I was asked to receive the offering. Yeah. And I shared with Pastor too great. <laughs> you know, when we give, we give joyfully and we give immediately, right? When God inspires you, put something in your heart, we do it quickly. Yeah. The more that you wait and you ponder, it gives opportunity for doubt. It gives opportunity for fear. And I told Pastor Joel, I knew that there were some people, I'm just going to be this bold, yeah, please. That there were people, older people in here that say, I'm on a budget and I can't, I can't afford it. And sometimes we make excuses for what we can't do. And so we serve and that's a good thing. You know, there's a lot of people that are doing good things, but it's not what God told you to do. So the blessing isn't on it like as if you did what God said, the way that God said it. So if you're older and you're concerned about your pension or you're concerned about your limited budget or if you're just your budget, not even older, younger, you have to consider God first. First fruits mean the very top, the cream. That's what's on the top. And that's that's the part that's blessed. And I just want to encourage you and reassure those of you that are limited in your finances. Don't look at what you have or what you don't have. Look at God. Yeah. The builder, the architect, right. the one that said, if you do it this way, the structure will survive. The structure will be strong. You'll be, you'll be blessed in your giving when you give immediately, when you give the way that God tells you to give. Yeah. So I want to encourage you, if that's you, if you're limited, you need to obey God. It doesn't matter. I had a friend a while ago that, you know, he was going to give $50,000 to a ministry. And the ministry, because he was my friend, asked me to pursue him to make sure that he gave, which was a bit dodgy. And so I just said to my friend, I said, listen, it doesn't matter if it's $1 or if it's $50,000. If God told you to give that money, then you need to give what God told you to give. That's right. Nobody's up here manipulating you or trying to tell you you need to give this much in order for our budget to be met. We're just saying, hey. Give what God puts in your heart because it will be enough to meet the needs of this church, but then it will be an abundant blessing, a hundredfold return for you because you did
0: it with obedience. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. Can you pray over the church? Um, Sure. Can we stand up, guys? You can process your giving online. We've just done that. Um, Or, you know, using the envelopes. If, a, if stewards, you can make yourself visible for the people. If they need an envelope, you can give by cash or check. Make it payable to faithlifecenter.com or bank transfer. That's, you know, what people use. But, but let's believe this. This is good. There's a spirit of faith in this house, isn't Amen. there? Amen. I'm telling you, con is annihilated. Amen. Who's making a decision not to use that word con anymore? Yeah. Yeah. A few people. Yeah. Who's, who's going to say, I can't? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. With God, nothing's impossible. So let's receive this prayer. Thank you, Lord. Well,
1: Father, we bless you this morning. and We thank you for every person that's here, everyone that participates in this ministry, Father. We thank you that as they give, whether it's in their ministry or whether it's in their finance or whether it's encouragement to others, that you meet that Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over in Jesus' name. We remove every obstacle that would try and deny or try and stop people people from receiving that hundredfold, that maximum return that they're entitled to because they were obedient. Not because they're faith giants, but they're obedient to your word. And so your word speaks for itself. Your word is enough. And we thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name, that the power of that word is going out and ministering to each and every individual. And we declare it done, that every bill is is paid, every Every need is met in Jesus' name. Cause it to come in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Unexpected ways, unexpected yes, means, Father, in Jesus' name.
0: Supernatural. And increase. we thank
1: you that it's done, and we thank you for that increase you, that comes to each and every one of us Hallelujah. that are obedient to do the Word of God in Jesus' name. That's right. Amen. Amen. God bless it's, you. It's a this beautiful morning.
0: place to be, trusting Him, abiding, abiding in Him, asking faith-filled prayers. And then stepping out on his guidance. Stepping out on his guidance. If you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, we want to invite you to receive Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. If you are living life heavy, you know what, you know what I mean? Guilt, full of shame, living life heavy. And you want freedom. You want liberty. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way He came. He was sent by the Father because He saw you in your need. He saw me in my need. We needed a Savior. So Jesus came and He was sent to save us, to forgive us, to renew us, to heal us, to set us on course and secure our eternity. If you're in this room and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, perhaps you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. I'm going to count in a moment. And I ask you to lift up your hand real high we'll see it and we'll pray so with every head bowed and every eye closed if you're here and you want to receive jesus as your lord and savior lift up your hand one you want to receive forgiveness that can only come from the lord two you want to rededicate your life three lift it up real high and i'll see it there be anyone in this room praise god lift up your hand real high and i'll see it thank you father lift it up don't be ashamed we'll pray amen thank you jesus there be anyone online you can receive Jesus as your Lord this morning give me the honor to just lead you in a prayer of commitment and surrender would you pray this after me church Father God I come to you in the name of Jesus I believe in my heart that you sent Jesus to save me renew me forgive me to make me new I believe that Jesus is your son sent for me to die that I may live eternally I believe and I confess that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior forgive me this day I make him my Lord and my savior jesus you're my savior and you're my lord today i'm born again i'm a new creature i'm forgiven heaven is my home and in my own way i'll say thank you thank you lord jesus for renewing me coming in your own way church we can praise him a little bit thank you lord we praise you we lift up the name Above every other name, the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess the Lordship of Jesus.